A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. When was the last time that you went camping and forgot all your clothes? <laughs> <laughs> After telling the kids to definitely don't forget to bring your clothes because it's going to be changeable weather. Definitely yeah, but don't. not changeable clothes because <laughs> I've forgotten all mine. <laughs> definitely, definitely don't forget your bedding. Because I, I got that cryptic message from you. Um, I know I know where this is going, but for the listeners, set the scene. You took your children away in a Volkswagen California. A Grand correct? California, yeah. Oh, a Grand California. So the one that you can definitely stand up on and change your trousers in, assuming you brought some trousers, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I didn't. So right, um, hang on. So yeah. first of all, yeah, can I do a little rewind to yeah, this time last year, perhaps when you borrowed another Grand it, California? It was the same. You? I think it was the same California. So we've got history. However, but at this point, you you realised it didn't have enough beds for the number of people you were hoping to go away with. Correct. Correct. But this time, that's fine because you we found a system. This time, okay. The system cool. is. We don't bring mummy, and also, um, which is fine because mummy needed some time away from children anyway. Because it's summer holidays, mm. can get a bit mm. intense. And mm. B, um, we worked out, and this is not in the Volkswagen handbook for the Grand California that underneath the main bed, because there is only one bed. I should say it's just it's like a large double. Yeah, uh, underneath that is like a, a wide gang walkway, which you can use when the bed is hinged upwards like um like a bar like a pub bar okay. during, during the daytime but at night it's a, it's a, it sits there unused it's surplus space so my daughter i said to my daughter well if we bring like a yoga mat and her camping carry mat type thing and her sleeping bag and my son just happened to casually mention and you can use my light rechargeable lightsaber as a night light which we did Good, oh, nice. Yeah, he's thoughtful. She could sleep down there, kind of like a cabin bed set up. Yeah. And it worked. At first she was a little bit um, worried that it would be an awful night's sleep. And she actually had a, a sound night's sleep. And it worked for me because I was up the top in the main bed with me and the lad. The lad's the youngest, so he's the smallest. That works. It was great. So I've Is it ter- very, very dark <clears throat> in this improvised bed space then? Presumably. Well, it's yes, underneath. It's, it's underneath all the windows and skylights and things. So, but yeah, that's, that sounds cosy. I like it, the sound of that. Do you know what? It ended up being really cosy, and the the lightsaber, which we just repurposed as a nightlight, <laughs> which we faded down and had it as a as a sort of you know like a chill out room in a nightclub, <laughs> kind of like that, <laughs> a strip light. And she was really cool with that, so that worked. And I have to say, um, the VW Grand California artist, formerly known as the Crafter. Really, really good. They they love it. And we had another wilderness camping session because they wouldn't stop talking about it last year. 
And this is the thing we've said, we've said this before, I think, on a previous cast. You don't have to do the most exotic thing with kids for them to have the best memories. No. They, they kept talking about this sort of three-night break that I took them on last year. Like, I might, like I'd taken them to the other side of the world, and I hadn't. I'd taken mm. them to Suffolk. Yeah, and um, no, it's, it's, it's true, isn't it? Because you could you, you could take them for two weeks in the Seychelles, and I'm sure they'd have a lovely time. Yeah, but equally, you could have one night on in the Chilterns, sleeping in the boot of a Mark One Mondeo. Yes, and I'm sure that they go. God, you remember that time we slept in the boot of that old car? And like, yeah, I do remember it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you bring it up. Daddy's backache still there. Yeah, because of that. Yeah, no, it's true. I uh, I had we had some friends staying uh, last week and. There's some woods near our house that we've never actually explored, just a little wood. And, in fact, it was way more overgrown. You realise how sort of publicly accessible woodland isn't very natural. Mm. It's sort of either trodden. In a, yeah, it's trodden, and it's sometimes, you know, it's cut back by the council or whoever for wood management reasons or whatever. This was properly overgrown. Also, a lot of dumping on. You'd have been furious. I was furious. Been a lot of historic fly tipping. There was some really sort of old, half-buried, rusted crap up there. I was quite cross about it. And it made it very difficult to get through the woods to the point of stressfulness. It was me and another dad and five kids. You should have taken my dad. See, in a situation like that, just call Bob. I should have you. taken your dad. Although well, I think some of this was more than secateurs. This was kind of, you know, he might have needed something powered. But, he would have um, arrived with a like a scabbard with various tools in it, including a 13mm spanner, which he wouldn't be able to explain. <laughs> he'd be like, oh, I always <laughs> I know, just put that one in there. If you needed to dismantle some of the absolute tat that was dumped in this woods, then um, it might have been quite useful. But anyway, so it was quite perilous in a way because I was really worried the kids were going to cut themselves on a jagged bit of metal or some hidden glass and there were loads of nettles. Yeah. But we got back and I was like, I said to the other dad, I was like, bloody hell, that was harder work than I thought. It was going to be just fun and actually it was a bit stressful because you were worried about the kids. And he went, good adventure though. And I was like, yes, actually I suppose it was. It was a good adventure because at one point we were genuinely like, how are we getting out of here? Like sort of trapped in. <laughs> See, there you go. Turn it into an adventure. Because mm. on the one side, you could go, God, this was a tragic idea. We should have never embarked on it. And on the other side, you go, well, okay, we're lost. It, it can't be that bad. No. Uh, that's what <laughs> I always do. We're going to die. Daddy, Daddy, people, kids know Daddy quite enjoys getting lost, sort of educated lost, not like totally cluelessly lost. And because uh, you just go, well, you'll you'll find some more interesting things. We found a shipwreck when we got lost um, the other the other day when we were camping. Did you? camping at, yeah, yeah, the, in the the sort of the estuary of the of the river where we were staying near Woodbridge. There's a mm. massive boat that's obviously been there for decades, just getting gradually eaten away. No way. Yeah, a big skeleton of a ship's hull, and it looks oh, looks quite. That. We were down there last year, nearby ish. Could have gone over there. I love her. I'll love tell you what I'll do, Richard. I'll, I'll send you a, a, a pin drop. Hmm. It was actually uh, very near to the moment where we saw a seal. And, uh, and it came up and um, said hi. Really? What? Yeah, yeah. It, really, it, it wanted to chat. Yeah, it did. It was quite, it was a juvenile. And I think it might have never seen humans before or not just not been scared. And luckily, I'm not the sort of person that wants a seal coat. So I wasn't going to. <laughs> bat it over the head and take it home it was like cute how close did it come oh six feet seven oh, feet which is close wow. enough because you know they've got yeah. fairly sizable teeth even though they're cute 
but such a cute creature. Again, Would a seal go for you? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, if I'd if I'd had that kind of sardine pedicure that I always keep promising myself, yeah, probably. Just, I've just been, <laughs> just been <laughs> rubbing tuna on myself. It's the smell mainly that I like. Oh, no, seal attack. <laughs> I don't know, but if you're on land still, you could just run off from a seal, couldn't you? Because... Oh, it's there's, terrible. On, on, there's no yeah. dignity in being a seal and trying to move quickly across land. No, it's a bit like seeing um, a body lifted um, four by four with huge kind of mud tires. When you see them on the road, they they, they tiptoe around because they're very uncertain <laughs> of their own capability because you've taken them out of the area that they're native to and they go oh, i don't yeah. i'm not comfortable yeah. with this. They're like taking a country person to a capital city <laughs> they're looking around with a raised eyebrow wide eyes like is it, it people are out to get me all of this stuff foxes me i don't know what to do mind you i went back to london last week for the day uh, having lived there for 20 odd years moved away for two months you went scared back for the day got off the train and was immediately like, oh, my God, it's so busy and everyone's walking so fast and they're so rude. And oh, It took me a bit to click back into it. It was, yeah, I was a bit shocked. I think it was just it's funny how you forget. My, but anyway. My gosh, that's only two months. I know. It's a bit rubbish, really. But anyway, so, yeah, I soon got back into the swing of things. And before you know it, I was elbowing people in the face on the tube like a native. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> it was fine. Well, you, um, were you walking past people who were terribly wounded in the street and just going, sorry, Yeah, I'm just busy. stepping over them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you, yeah. you you're still a Londoner at heart, then I guess that's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like riding a bike. You never forget. <laughs> that to be a bit rude. Um, uh, so, uh, but back to you went away in a Volkswagen California, Grand yes, California, Grand California, with your two children for a lovely few days away, big yep. adventure. Yes. Saw a seal, saw a shipwreck. All very nice. But yeah, yeah. you forgot to pack any clothes. Do you know what happened was, is I was tr- I was trying, as the kids get a bit older, you, you give them their responsibilities. So you, so you say, mm. right, we're leaving at 10. And by that point, I want you to make sure that you've got four days worth of clothes. Remember that mm. it might rain. Remember that yeah. we're going to go cycling. And remember that if you want to play with the football, you need to bring the football. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, and in amongst all of that, I laid out what clothes I was going to take, just basic stuff on the bed. Yeah. And what I got sidetracked because I think someone was asking me to for help to lift something I can't actually remember, frankly. But anyway, I picked up my rucksack and just put it in the van just before we left. And all I'd put in it was some some pants some socks and my and my wash kit so i had the means to keep my undergarments clean and my teeth yeah. mm. and like deodorant and washing things but i didn't mm. actually have any the only spare t-shirt i had was a gym t-shirt which i put on in case i went for a run which i never did mm. i took my mm. running trainers and two other pairs of trainers so i had lots of shoe options but i had one <laughs> one one pair of shorts so i had like so i ended up spending 4 days wearing casual shorts a gym t-shirt which didn't match with the shorts, and then sort of like leisure shoes, which didn't match either of the other two things. So I just looked like a mismatched, clueless dad riding around on his 1992 Marin Bear Valley that he has had since 1992. So I'm glad we were in the wilderness for most of the time because most people Mm. didn't see me. But um, I went out the other day to walk the dog and I put on just for convenience's sake because they were nearby 
my old running trainers, which are still in reasonable nick. Yes. I've got some fancier ones with more spongy soles. And, um, but they're brightly coloured. They're bright blue with orange flashes on them. Yes. And, and I was wearing some sort of green dad-style shorts <laughs> and a black T-shirt. It didn't quite go. Yes. And I, was, and I looked at myself in the mirror as, as I was leaving the house and I went, oh. none of this matches. No. And then I thought, I realise I've reached a stage in life where I don't give a shit. No, that's the thing. I've, this is I've, I've achieved full dadness. Yeah, ne- next thing you know, you'll be in a Mazda Demio with a broken aerial and one hubcap missing, <laughs> and you won't give a shit. <laughs> I had a sudden massive craving this week to buy a Panda 100 horsepower. Oh yeah, which I can't. I can't explain. Speaking of small cars, as we sort of were there, but uh, yeah, I just suddenly went. I've got that itch. I know it's a stupid itch, but that itch where you suddenly go, oh, but I haven't bought a car for ages. You have, not though. True, you bought actually, an electric up, up the other month. I know. Well, it feels like we haven't bought it because it's leased. But, I mean, it, and I love the app. But the trouble is my wife is basically just her car now. She uses it way more than I do. And to, to has she common, chagrin. commandeered it? It's, well, I, in fairness, she's it, using it to commute in, which is what we always thought she would do. But um, she's going to the office more than we thought, so it's not around as much as I would like. And I, But we do use it. We, we go... Away, or not away, but around town, around town, around town. There's a family in it always because why not? There's Absolutely, the kids in it, and so I thought you saved our, the supercharged V8 Range Rover for just around town, and then you yeah, just for local, for incredibly for, long journeys <laughs> where you have to cram everything in and charge regularly. Yeah, you, know, you don't like the the phrase track work, frankly, <laughs> no. nor do I. But but it's town work, <laughs> crack out the Range Rover for some town work. Town. Uh, no, time, no, time work, time. Tyne. How would you spell that? Is that like the place T Y N E, like Tyne side? Oh, I was going to. Oh, I see. I was thinking maybe it's spelled like it was like T I or T E I G N or something like that. <laughs> oh, oh yes, okay. Like that would be Tain. 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 So yeah, but no. Yes. I suddenly, that's the thing. I think maybe it's because I don't get to drive the up as much as I would like because I do enjoy it. I think it's an excellent car. But I suddenly thought, well, I don't, maybe I do need I need another small car to zoom about town in. Ooh, Panda 100 horsepower. Because somebody put a picture of one on Twitter, and it looked great. I th- well, they are good. And I, I've only ever seen them driven by young people in the last five years. But, um, really? But yeah, which is cool, because I think they've got a cult following for sort of sub-21-year-olds. Mm. But still, st- I'm still going to put it, I'm still going to say Micra K11. It's got to be done. And my, my, my yeah. cousin's is lovely. I keep. Uh, I, I'm so pleased that how how obsessed he is with it. It really pleases me, and it has a Smith and sticker in the back window. Yeah, he, it? he has a Smith and Sniff sticker in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which he did steal. He actually sent me the photo with a follow up saying, "Sorry, Uncle Johnny, but last time I was at the office, I did take that sticker." So it's like, "Oh, thanks, so you didn't buy it. <laughs> Great, thanks for that. Good, good job, your family. Otherwise, I would have given yeah, you a fucking dry slap. You slap, but." Um, there's, I think these two Panda, there's two Panda 100 horsepowers on Car and Classic, and they're both uh, not cheap. One's near as damn it seven grand, the other one's about seven and a half. I think they're from the same place. I oh, stop! Some, somebody's hoarding them. No, no, but, seven, um, seven bags. No, not a chance. Sorry. No, it's too much. Unless it was absolutely perfect. Why don't you go for a Japanese import that that is lesser known and has lots of extra words and letters after it? Well, well what was, I'd absolutely love. <clears throat> A Daihatsu Kuore. Yes. Um, Avanzato TR, 
XX. XX. R4, was it? I forget the full name. Oh, yeah, that's that's the wordy one, yeah. yeah. Mean, there's loads of Panda 100 horsepowers on eBay, and they're all about two grand, so there we go. Didn't that's they do the... a Daihatsu Quare 4x4 Classic or Classic all-wheel With drive? With round headlights? Yes, so it looked like that a one. faux old car, but it yeah. was actually four-wheel drive 660 turbo. I'm pretty yeah. sure, and I nearly bought one as a Vinter car. Um, and I didn't because I think I realised I didn't need another car because I'm not because you stop being an idiot, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, but I. Stop it. <laughs> but it was one of those ones where I missed the op, and I've actually never seen one for sale since. And it wasn't much yeah. money either. If anyone's got one, um, write in to us just so I can live through you. Thank you. Well, I also um, for context for the listeners, we're recording this on. Um, Friday before you'll hear it and uh, tomorrow Saturday it's Radwood up at Bista Heritage uh, which for people who don't know is the 80s 90s sort of themed car show isn't it it's mm. supposed to be sort of like extreme I suppose 90s more probably is more 90s yeah I wasn't going to go and then suddenly I was like no I think I am going to go because I had the offer of a of ticket so I um and I suddenly thought oh god I've I, 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 feel I should get a car. I should get a car, a '90s car to go in, and then started brazing the internet. And then suddenly went, no, I don't. I don't actually need to buy, even though I found a really minty Citroen XM, which I'm not. Uh, Radwood's more Ooh. like kind of pimped out Merc SECs and things. It's sort no, of I part think, of the thing, is I it? think but, you could go in a, a a nice pillowy XM, I think a Zantia. I think that could work well. Anyone who likes cars isn't going to ignore your tidy XM, are they? So I suppose no. it's got that on its side, but. Yeah, anyway, I'd realised I don't need a car. I certainly don't need to... I found a really... You know, um, W140 S-Class is the blocky... The Diana shape, Diana it spec. sometimes called. Yes. Um, bit macabre. But, uh, it is. I found a really early one of those um, on um, the internet somewhere. And it's so early, it got those little extending metal rods that came out of the back wings to show you where the back of the car was. Oh, really? Yeah, just before they went, oh, wait, parking sensors, they sound good. And they deleted that feature. But So it's a super early one. It's about eight grand, but it looked minty. And I went, oh, I could, no, no, don't need No, there's a lot of ECUs in that. that. Yes. Yeah, I nearly, yes, the, I, there is. when they got down to three, I was sniffing around them like a truffle pig. And I, um, uh, someone I know bought one and, and turned it into a low rider. And it was very cool. But, um I resisted on the basis of the electric complexity. Um, so I I did, I did. And I thought, no, I'd rather get a clean late 126 instead. So, Why do I picture you sitting in the corner of a slightly dingy, smoky boozer with a pint, just, or leaning on the bar going, uh, well, it was, uh, had been about 2011, but I resisted on the, on the count of the electrical complexity. <laughs> Uh, there's a Daihatsu midget for sale on Cara Classic. I notice here. You know, you know those those funny little single seater pickup things. Oh, JDM tastic. Yes, like a sort of a socially acceptable um, ape, uh, Piaggio yes. ape. Yeah, they, they are the thinking person's ape, uh, ape, or, ape, uh, ape, as I used to call them when I used to go on holiday. It's five grand. I've got the world's gone 20, mad. I've basically, got twenty four twenty four hours to go up to where is it? Staffordshire and buy this and then turn up to Radwood tomorrow in it. Well, hang on a minute. Do you want to borrow my nephew's um, K11 Micra? Uh, what year is it? Uh, might be t- Millennium 2000. Uh, would it be accepted? I don't think it would. I don't know. Really? But 
Could we just? Yeah, could we could ring. We could ring We're it. Assume that's strict. Ring it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the day. Yeah. Uh, no, that's not what we endorse on this podcast. No, we don't ring no. cars, thank you very much. No. Um, I know what I was going to say. When I was talking about um, van life, hashtag, which is mm-hmm. what I enjoyed with my mismatched clothes that started smelling after a while, I, I can neither confirm nor deny there there is a, a person I know who may or may not do some work for the Late Break Show now and again. Um, and he has another job involving um, events. Okay. And he may or may not have said to me, um, yeah, we organised quite a big motor show, motorhome show. Mm-hmm. Very popular. Um, mostly the demographic is over kind of 50s. Hmm. Um, but he said you'd never, you couldn't imagine the state of the toilets that they leave them in at this event. I went, what? what? That's exactly what I said. What, what do you mean? He said, he said it's in a weekend event. And they have evening entertainment on. They have a lot of motorhome um, clubs. And yeah. big, big evening entertainment's quite a good knees up. He said, oh, yeah. Mm. He said, casually said to me, he said, um, oh, yeah, we were called, called to an incident at the last one. Um, somebody found a slipper full of shit in the gents' toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the first thing I asked was, I said, hang on a minute, this is a... This is a motorhome show. Why are they in slippers for a start? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, what the merry heck is going on? Where? Where did next, they find a slipper? It was, it was in the cubicle next to the pan. So next oh to where you should God. be putting your waist. And he said... This is not the first time. It's the first time for a slipper, but it's not the first time that you found a load of muck next to the toilet. Like someone's totally missed the toilet. Who are these toilet missers? Who are they? Do you get to a point where if you haven't got your reading glasses with you, you can't quite figure out where the hole is? I mean, I'm sorry, but if you're making a coilover, you just stay seated. I mean, what are you doing? You like walking? So, wouldn't you? It's a fairly. <laughs> You know, I think I mean, there's no need to describe further. I think people are completely familiar with this process, and, but not going. Oh, because I, I, oh, you know, my eyes at the moment. I just there I, was a slipper next to the loo, and I accidentally thought that was it. And I just don't I understand. Just, I don't. I don't understand. No, I don't understand. Does anybody understand? They shouldn't. The slipper. I could. But wait, are these people? Are they turning up in their motorhomes and staying overnight? Yeah, yeah. There's that going on. But it's an okay, like. But it's so, an evening do. So there's like. You know, bands and mm. uh, I don't know, even entertainment. Not actually sure what type of even, even entertainment. Pete Tong's there, maybe. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Pit, Pitbull's there. Who knows? We continue. Oh no, you've all gone to sleep. Never mind. Yes. <laughs> yeah, DJ Pitbull. Khaled. We the best music. Um, still deeply. That'd be the festival you'd put on, isn't it? You just uh, DJ Khaled, Pitbull. Um, oh yeah, you'd have Paul Heaton on as well, wouldn't you? And Jackie Watson, because oh, they drive you to the brink of despair. <laughs> and then you wouldn't sell any tickets just to spite them. <laughs> well, it would just be a self-inflicted fire festival where you refuse. No, you wouldn't be to there. Of course, them. you wouldn't. You, or you could hover over it in a helicopter with earplugs in, just just laughing at them, trying to perform to nobody. I'd hire one of those aeroplanes that scoops up seawater and drops it onto a forest <laughs> when it's on fire. <laughs> you know the ones. 
<laughs> just a big belly full of water. You've booked them all and then you've insisted, for expediency's sake, you're going to have to have them all on stage at the same time. Now, <laughs> Khaled and Pitbull, probably quite easy. Yeah. Shoehorning two former members of the Beautiful South in there. Tricky, yeah. but not impossible if you can find the right track for them to cover. <laughs> So that then, what are you thinking? Like one of those seven four sevens that's got like thousands of gallons. Of, I'm thinking of, Hercules, mili- ex-military, okay, yeah. you know, nice and dependable. Uh, almost yeah. the Thunderbird two of the of the sky, coming uh, in nice and low. Coming in nice and low. Yes, yes. Well, hey, I tell you what, if you could get your skates on and get this organised really quickly, you could have them scoop up the water from the seas off Britain at the moment, which apparently are full of shit. So, Oh, yeah, sewagey. Yeah, that's awful. Oh, God, I wasn't going to swear this week because... Why? Um, I, something's come to light. What? I've discovered that my Auntie Carol listens to this podcast. Oh, and, Richard. Um, and my Auntie Carol isn't my like, biological auntie. She's one of my mum's best friends, and she's my godmother. And uh, she's a a former primary school teacher and a wonderful person. But she told me she told me last week that she listens to the podcast with her partner, Graham. You'd like Graham. Graham's into cars. He's got an old MGB. uh, Hi, Graham. Hi, Carol. But I was like, oh, that's really nice. They listen. Oh, no, we use bad language. That's I can't use bad language in front of my auntie. Well, you've already said a couple of F's and we're what? We're 25 minutes in. Because I forgot. <laughs> yeah, but you've said slipper of shit. So. <laughs> it's probably too late, but I did sort of mentally say, try to go easy on the swears. Um, anyway, hello, Auntie Carol. Hello, Graham. Thank you for listening. Okay. Um, um, yeah, hi, Auntie Carol. Thank you for listening. And, well, apparently my mum listens to it, but she's still deeply confused by words that you use, um, which I'm not going to repeat because she'll ask me again what it is. Or my, she'll ask my dad, and my dad will say, I'm not saying, ask your son. Ask your son what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonderful. Um, okay, so um, I, I've written down a few things that I want to talk to you about. Um, yes. One of them, just very quickly, was last week uh, we... We workshopped, essentially, that um, A-pillar damaged Mazda mm. until we figured out that perhaps if you put the passenger seat in backwards, mm. then you created a sort of mobile business space and it would uh, it would offset the fact the passenger door probably isn't open. <laughs> uh, someone called Joshua Knight on Twitter pointed out that there's uh, a car called the uh, 1967 Imperial Crown Coupe Mobile Director Edition. What a great name. Imperial was sort of posh Chrysler, wasn't it? It was. It was. used to be a standalone name, didn't it? It used to be a standalone car. Yeah, yeah. And then it became part of Chrysler. So this is this, it's a massive two door coupe. Yeah. But, and this, this, I think it's pronounced, it's spelt Mobile like the oil company, but it's, I think it's pronounced Mobile. Director Edition was was a limited run there, very, very rare. And apparently uh, the Crown Coupe became very popular with, banger races and so yes it did there are very very few of them left and even fewer of the mobile director edition but it has a swiveling passenger seat oh i think this is meant for when you are parked because joshua put a link to a an advert for the car and it shows a couple sort of having a candlelit dinner (laughs) because there's a table table folds out and goes between the, the back seat and the swivelled passenger seat. So in, 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 in a two-door coupe? Yeah, it doesn't look... I looked up another video where it showed the table unfurled in real life rather than in an advert, and you go, 
I don't think there's much space for human legs between the two seats, but it's a nice idea. It's a great idea, but, but why don't you just do the four-door? D- d- I know. Odd, isn't it? The Chrysler Imperial of about 65, 66, 67, I'm pretty sure, A, was used in the remake of the Green Hornet um, yes. film. Yeah. But two, it was so popular in British banger racing. Banger racers were paying to buy them in the States, import them to the UK, because they were absolutely impossible to kill, to the point where they got banned. Oh. I have watched videos of them being banger raced, and it can go, it can do like, it can do three whole events. Bearing in mind, each event is about six races or something. Right. One car can put up with all of that and still drive. It's un- because there's so much overhang at the front and the rear, especially the front. It can just go straight into stuff and still not hit the engine. Um, wow. It was. It, it's. It's sad, but it's impressive. Um, but I didn't know. I never heard of this mobile directors. Edition. No, it's look it up. It's uh, it's interesting. I'll put a link and some details on the um, Patreon. Because I know show it's notes, but, ever, ever since spending a bit of time in this in this California camper van. I have to say, I mean, I always like campers and motorhomes. They always have that feeling of warmth and um, relaxation when you climb inside them. You open the sliding door, but it's the same kind of ambience that is often captured by Japanese import vans. Where they, mm. they make you feel like you could achieve anything in them. And I don't mean that in a sex pesty way. What I mean in in a, in a kind of like you could this could easily be an office. If you've got if you've got signal, if you've got four G, tether it yeah. tether it to your laptop, happy days. You've got loads of um office opportunities. You could go away with the kids. You could take this, you could take that, you could move house in it. You, and mm. I and I love all of that opportunity. You think, why aren't we all driving around in those boxes, those box fans? With thrifty engines or EV, there's a great deal of utility to them, isn't there? It's quite, it's quite satisfying. But, um, I think the turn-on is the utility. It's exactly that. You drive round, and if it's a Japanese import, almost certainly column shift auto, and you 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 put up with the dithery auto box um, for the sake of the fact that everything else around you is wonderfully practical. Um, yeah, and that's you were saying about excuses to buy another vehicle. That's sort of what I keep looking at, going. Should I just get one of these boxes, like practical boxes? I think they're great. But what would you do? Would you go JDM type? I think I would because they are ultimately, they're better equipped and they're normally a bit narrower. So they're a bit better on country, mm. British country roads. Whereas, and, and, and there's not a price tax like there is on the Volkswagens. I think that, we, you know, the, it's all gone a bit silly with the T6 and T5s and things like that. Um, As I saw, you know, I was talking last week about there's a big speed bump near my house that sort of always seems to attract scraping. Mm. You could just, every time I walk past it, if there's a car coming, you're just going to go, will it, will it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I th- but what I would worry about going over it with is one of those sort of recent Toyota Alphards. Oh, an, Al- or, an Alphard, yes. Because if they've got the body kit on, they look like they're sort of, they look like Dougal out of Magic Roundabout where you can't <laughs> see his legs. <laughs> I, so, I know exactly. So low. They've got like a, a sort of, I'm doing like an underbite. They've got like an underbite. The, um, the Nissan El Grand look with the kit on it, the rider kit, does look like a, a mashup between yes. a Japanese bullet train and someone with a gum shield in they're just doing that yeah. kind of like their, lip, their bottom lip is really low like that there's obviously been a sort of 2010s fashion in japan for these vans to get very 
grilly. Grilly and kitted. Grilly and kitted and to sit very low to the floor because, yeah, what's the... It's not Navistar, is it? There's a kit on the Nissan. Is that... There's some kind of people... Well, yeah, we got the Rider edition and I don't know if there's another one as well. There might be a star... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But um, yeah. Sheriff's Badge Edition. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> well, uh, I think you should do that. I don't yeah, know I just think well, you should. the trouble is, aren't they? Are they not a bit thirsty because they're, they're usually sort of like three and a half V sixes or something? They with are. An auto box. They are three and a half petrol V six, which is such a shame because it's almost the deal breaker. Um, mm. And I remember 10 years or, or more ago, I became mildly obsessed with Toyota Hilux Surfs for the same reason. They just seemed like yes. they would be the do-all everything. And they were cheaper than mm. a Hilux pickup. And I didn't want a pickup because you can't fit kids in a pickup. So I thought, mm. do I just buy a Hilux Surf with a decent tow bar? That'll do everything. But then, of course, having been away in this, this Volkswagen Cali, I'm just constantly going through my head of like, should I buy a retro motorhome? Should I buy a you know a camper van outdoorsy thing? But it's the wrong time. It's the wrong time to be buying it because prices are silly right now, Richard. So unless oh, I can yeah, unless I can find one that's just deeply retro and affordable, I'm going to have to sidestep that in the name of practicality. <laughs> um, oh, before I, it's it's just I, I wrote down to say. This will be a slightly cryptic message, but this is a message for one of our Patreons called Ben at Big Bear <laughs> Apparel. Ben, I know what you're doing, and I know that besides being a lovely patron, you have, you've made an offer to Richard and I that is so generous and so lovely. I, I'm, I'm beyond words, which is why I haven't properly replied to you yet. Rest assured, the excitement is, is there and it's building. Like a very, like a sort of, be- yeah. like a tsunami in the belly. Um, We're both quite busy, aren't we? But we, we ben are, has made us an offer that we simply cannot refuse. We can't refuse. And, and it's um, a lovely offer. Honestly, it's so exciting. We will tell you about it. We're going to sound very youtuber now. Guys, I'm, I'm yeah. too excited for words. I'm going to reveal it as soon as I can. It's going to be off the scale. Um, it's going to be off the chain, whatever that means. Always, I just That conjures <laughs> up images that I just can never quite understand. Um off the chain just reminds me of one of those old Victorian toilets where the system's yes. really high. And you, you re- <laughs> or the chain snaps you off. You flush it so hard, you, yeah. you rip the chain clean off, and then you're like, I don't know what to do. Anyway, it, needless to say, Ben, thank you. I'll be in touch extremely soon. And 
by Jove, I'm excited. And this is big news for the, for Smith & Sniff as well, I feel. Yes, it's a, it's a thing from which we can all benefit in a strange sort of way. Agreed, um, agreed. Oh, now, also, last week, mm. because we're absolutely cock-awful at promoting stuff, uh, to the extent that a friend of ours was over the other day... <laughs> And I was explaining to her, she was like, how's the podcast going? And I was telling her, and and, and and she just went, you need to back yourself more. I was like, what do you mean? She went, you just, why don't you just talk yourself up instead of down? I was like, I don't know how to do that. But anyway. Um, we're awkward. Uh, we're awkward. Yeah. Uh, last week, we completely forgot to mention the uh, very first Smith & Sniff live recording, which is happening in oh, a couple of weeks, you know, 8th of September at Morgan, at the Morgan Experience Centre in Malvern. Um, and we forgot to mention it. I'm mentioning it now, but it's sold out. So in fact, <laughs> oh, mentioning it is completely relevant. <laughs> so what I'm doing is promoting it after the act. But there is, if you go, um, there are links <laughs> around. You, if you do, there's a wait list, basically. So you can, if someone drops out, then you can you can dive in there. I don't know how long the wait list is. I haven't checked, but, um, but it is officially sold out. And if you turn up without a ticket... Um, then Morgan will release the hounds upon you. So they don't will. do that. Thank you to everyone that's um, bought a ticket and is coming to to, to listen to yes. see and listen. Um, we will do our best not to disappoint you. Yeah, um, Carol, if you're coming, we will try not to swear very much. It will be recorded and it will be put out to non-attendees of the event. However, we are going to try and do another event or two so watch this space or listen to this space mm. depending on how you approach these things. there are talks there, there are, are talks, talks ongoing on on doing i'm not going to say a tour because a tour would involve what let's say 10 to, to 15 to 20 dates we're not we can't commit to that yet yes with reasonable regularity i think we're talking about doing one of these sort of every couple of months or maybe next year we'll we'll see how it goes we're going to see if we can the get the venues answer. And once we've got the venues in place, we will we will release the tickets. But um, it could. Yeah. It, and if anyone knows, actually, of a sort of two hundred ish seater two, venue, two to three hundred seats, something like that, yeah, suitable for recording a podcast in, then um, let us know. Particularly in uh, Scotland or the northeast of England, or the, the, there's various places we'd like to go because it seems it would be good to spread things around a bit. I was going to say spread the shite, but no, I'm going to back myself and say spread the love Yes, uh, around, and so not just do them. So the first one is going to be in Malvern, then we will have news hopefully very soon of where the next one will be, but it'll be in a different part of the country, and then we'll keep it rolling from yeah. there. Um, and uh, as Johnny says, thank you to everyone who's bought a ticket for the Malvern one. We will do our best to make it a reasonably tolerable evening. Yes, thank you, and we're backing ourselves, so that's good. We are backing um, ourselves. Damn it, we're the biggest podcast in Britain the- about cars. Uh, the it's o- not about cars. The other thing I, I there's two things that other I, I wrote down. First thing is I don't know about you, but I can't wait for the Geneva Motor Show to be held in Qatar <laughs> next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit confused by it because it's a shame because the Geneva Motor Show is what well, well, certainly was the the favourite motor show for me. As a motoring mm. journalist, it was mm. not too big, not too small, easy to navigate, mm. quite a social space, and yes. um, not annoying. Whereas there's some annoying car um, motor shows, isn't there, I, f- I find? Like Frankfurt, yes. that one's annoying. Um, Frankfurt's massive, and all of the German car manufacturers are sort of in some kind of, or were, some kind of ludicrous battle to outdo each other with the sort of size and pomposity of their stance, and it was a bit exhausting. It was, and just not 
not not not as sort of enjoyable. Um, so yeah, Geneva is the Geneva Mocho is not in Geneva next year; it's in Qatar. So yeah. I'm, I'm can't wait for the Qatar Motor Show in 2024 to be held in Geneva. Let's just see. Maybe it's like a <laughs> maybe it's like a house swap thing, <laughs> like modern well, couples now, going on holiday in one another's houses. There was a lot of people were quite ratty about this when it was announced. Whenever it was this week, the other day, um, there is a bit of context to this because okay. I looked this up. I was like, I feel like this has been on the cards for a while. And it was a couple of years ago, or last year, um, I think it was last year, in fact, the Geneva Motor Show announced this partnership with Qatar. And they said there's going to be what they called the Geneva International Motor Show Qatar in Doha. What? Catchy. Yeah, this was announced as it was going to be a thing. Right. It would sit alongside the Geneva Show. So the idea was there was the Geneva Show in February, and then there was the Geneva Show Qatar in the autumn, which they said the first one was going to be in the autumn of this year or next year. They hadn't confirmed it. Right. So this was always supposed to be happening, but what's happened now is they've cancelled the actual Geneva show. So it sounds stupid because there's only the Geneva show in Doha, which isn't Geneva, and they might as well just call it the Qatar Motor Show. But Yes. So it would have made more sense if there had been a Geneva show as well, but because there isn't, it just sounds ridiculous. And... I, 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 because one of the joys of the Geneva show, if you had to sort of go there, particularly for work reasons, is that the exhibition centre is bang next to the airport. Oh, I thought you and were going to say one of the joys of it was that it was in Geneva. And so you <laughs> could... <laughs> but by extension, the joy of it being in Geneva, which meant that you could get a flight from, say, London... Yes. ...to Geneva... Yes. ...walk out of the airport directly into the exhibition centre without even going outside... Wander yeah. around the two not ridiculously huge halls, yes. see all the new cars. And there are always lots of new cars because it's kind of neutral ter- territory. There's no significant Swiss car manufacturers. So That's right. That's... It felt like it was a neutral ground. Everybody's on the same footing. And um, it was very easy to go and see all the new stuff, plus a load of really hideously modified tat that was always there, yes. which, was, which was a delight to behold. Uh, if you like vomiting through your eyes. And a lot of European hair and glasses, which we've previously discussed oh, on this podcast. so much Euro hair, yes. There's a, loads the of Euro uh, follicle camtails going on that you can you can have a look at over your, your cheeky little short coffee in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Now, on to even more important matters is... Um, the Ferrari Daytona SP3. You know the car because mm. we poked it when we were at Goodwood um, yeah. presenting the other month. Mm. I can't stop looking at the back of it. Mm. And it's not because I think it's pretty, because I think it's a little awkward. And and it, mm. and it bugged me because I, I keep staring at it going, what does it remind me of? It reminds me of something that's not another car, of something that I've seen in my life. And mm. and it finally the penny dropped uh, the other the other night. I've written it down. Do you remember the film The Fly? Yeah, with Jeff Goldblum in. Mm. Right. Do you remember the chamber that he keeps going into and morphing into other stuff? Or it's to teleport, isn't it? It's teleportation chambers that he's trying to invent. Yes, and, and then a fly gets in there while he's in there, and that's the whole. And basically, he he goes a bit flyish. Yes, so yeah. um, the chamber that he goes into is heavily louvered. 
Oh. And I always used to think it was quite a sinister-looking chamber. When I've only ever seen the fly once. I've realised I've only seen it once. It was a long time ago. It's never on. When you mentioned it, I was going to say, oh, good film. And I was thinking, is it, though? Because I've only seen it once in the sort of <laughs> 80s or 90s. It's like, what if it's not? I sort of... I remember it being enjoyable, but yeah. So it, it's got Jeff Goldblum. It's in, got so probably enjoyable. Goldblum's but. good, and um, mm. he's got a mullet from memory in it. But you'd expect that's a 1986 <laughs> film, um, <laughs> so I'd be quite surprised if he doesn't have a neck warmer. But um, it, look at the chamber. Look it up now if you've got Google. Eh? Um, the chamber of the the, the in the fly. It's in the promotional poster, I think, where there's sort of dry ice coming out of it in quite an atmospheric way. Mm. Um, it's it, it it just looks like the back end of the Ferrari Daytona SP3, I think. That's what it keeps reminding me of. Uh, the fly chamber, is that... Oh! Oh, yes! Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So it looks like the back was, end of yeah. Jeff Goldblum's chamber, which sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah, I, that that car, I like it. Do you? But it is. I think it is confusing because the front is supposed to be reminiscent of a 1960s endurance racer, which is why it's yeah. called the Daytona. But the yeah. back, to me, is super 80s. It, it's yeah. To me, I look at it and I was I just hear synthwave music in my head. It's here yeah, sort of, you know, something you- arpeggiating. Yeah, almost like, and you have those the the, the Commodore sixty four eight eight bit Skyline Horizon kind of graphics. Yes, that's what I see. I'm just doing the Airwolf theme. I think. You are but just you know doing what I mean. It's that kind of yeah. that sort of synthesizer uh, effect. And yeah, I, no, that's uncanny. You're right. It is. Well, I won't be able to unsee that now either. But um, it's, do you not do you not like that car overall? Then are you? Are you I just find it's. I have not driven it. Um, uh, probably it drive it probably drives incredibly well, but I mm. do feel like it's a bit disjointed from front to rear. Maybe they've tried to throw a bit too much at it. Yeah, I think that that's that's my worry there. Yeah, that's my yeah. worry there. No, I think that's, I agree. Um, I know something. So I there we go. Down. Well, there we go. No, you're right. That's that's uh, that's uh, that's it. That's that. You solved that one. What does it look like? It looks like Jeff, Jeff Coldbloom's chamber. Um, <laughs> I, Goldblum I mean, could probably buy one. Maybe Goldblum has bought one. He's, he's a cool he's, guy. He is a cool guy, isn't he? Yeah. I'd, I'd love to have a look at his shirt shirt selection. <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah, like if he was to just WhatsApp picture me, like his, the same as Gordon Murray, just say, can I just have a quick look at your shirt rail just to get a bit of an idea? I'm down with that. As I get a bit older, I, th- I could choose a couple of those shirts, stick them oh, in there. Do you think... Gordon Murray chatting to Jeff Goldblum would be incredibly relaxing to listen to. Oh, cause the, and they talk about shirts because they both turn up <laughs> for the chat in really interesting shirts with a shirty backstory. They absolutely would, wouldn't they? <laughs> they would. They, you know they would. It's, they it's, would. A, it's the new hit podcast. It's number one across the world. It's just... <laughs> What's it called? Like Jeff you and shirty Gordon's bastard, getting shirty with Jeff and Gordon. And That's right. But they don't. They're very. It's incredibly mellow. They've both got lovely, gentle speaking voices, but also both so eloquent and erudite, and and discussing with real passion, frantically patterned shirts. I'd love that. 
the surprise hit of, of 2023. It, you can't imagine them doing anything frantic or intense, can you? No. Can you imagine them in the middle of a sailing yacht race where they've got to dive around and <laughs> what, do all that windy stuff? Duck under rigging and stuff. They just wouldn't. They wouldn't be into it. They'd be like, I can't. This is not what we're about. <laughs> yeah, screw it. We'd rather drift into some rocks because then we could just go and sit on the shore and watch the other boats go by and have a nice chat. Maybe that's what they do. They just they start the, 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 they do all the fanfare at the beginning, and then they just drift off in the opposite direction, beach the boat, and then climb down. And Jeff just says, oh, "I've got a decanter in the hull. I'll see if I can crack out some really nice." And Gordon was like, "Yeah, that's cool. I got a selection of nuts and some trail mix. Let's just selection of nuts." <laughs> but would he though? Because nuts are quite heavy. I'm not sure Gordon Murray would carry nuts. Uh, They're just too too much. Too. Oh, what about lentil chips? Oh. See, lentil chips are really light, but they're also quite tasty. Hmm. Would you think that Gordon would be down with that? Yeah, I think he'd be down with that. I also okay. realise Jeff Goldblum and Gordon Murray are, are both deceptively tall, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I think they're both about sort of like six foot four, six foot five, something like that. So they're, you know, they're, they're well matched there. It means they could share shirts, theoretically. They also used to have the same hair. They did, didn't they? Yeah, they both they both used to have a very similar kind of Hall and Oates kind of neck yeah. warmer. Yeah, <laughs> did they? <laughs> I did. Do you so, think Gordon Murray's ever had a chamber in which he's attempted time travel, but then accidentally got genetically fused with a fly? Or was that, <laughs> that you know, around that time when he wasn't? He didn't seem like he was doing much. Sort of after the the SLR, he sort of was with a quiet patch. It was because he was, hey, he was desperate to unfly himself. Well, maybe he has a chamber, but it doesn't look anything like uh, the Daytona SP3. It no. looks like something else. It's got lots of fans on the back or mm. oh, on yeah. the top. Yeah. There'll be a lot of fans and grills. Yeah. And obviously uh, you sit in the middle of the chamber. <laughs> You'd never sit to the left or the right. That'd no, be dumb. Stupid. Yeah. Um, Actually, no, I... there's a T33 chamber where you do sit oh, to yeah. one side. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, still a different balance of priorities for that chamber, but uh, yeah, still good, I'm sure. Um, can I can I briefly invite you over to Yogurt Corner because uh, I've been meaning... by all means. <laughs> <laughs> you want the dictionary definition of trepidation? I think that that was that was it. Um, your uh there. Um, I've been meaning to read that this for weeks. We we were talking mm. about Muller Fruit Corners the other week, and a listener wrote in. I won't say his name. Um, he is in the yogurt industry, or sort of. He's in the yogurt machine industry. Yogurt um, machine industry. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, first of all, they're not called yogurt squirting machines. Technically, they're called pot fillers, and they don't pot. just do yogurt. He says we're squirting hummus, deli products, soup, pet food, cream, mashed potato, and many other things at up to 50,000 squirts per hour per machine. 50,000s. Is, to my mind, that's mind-boggling. Because Yeah, did, that's a busy machine. Hang on, so 50,000 divided by 60. That's 833.33333 per minute, which means... Almost 14 squirts a second. That's nuts. How many? 14 a second. 14 a second? Yeah, to do... That's, I mean, that's just... That's like... That's sort of fuel injection type... Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's that's just, direct injection. Yeah. Um, that's direct so, yogurt injection. 
He, um, That's what it is. Uh, this listener says having the fruit separately, either in a corner or a layer, is purely a marketing thing. As the, the, while we can squirt, the consumers like to finish the job off on their own or in their own style. A machine which can produce layers or corners is actually more expensive and harder to run than one running a single mixed product for the following reasons. Uh, firstly, we have to use two separate filling systems, increasing machine price by 25%. Yogurt squirting machines <laughs> prices range from 200,000 to 2 million pounds for a machine. So um, this is a, this is great info. You can't double squirt as quickly as you can single squirt because your target zones in the cup are smaller and nobody likes overspill. Or if it's a layered product, you blow your yogurt through your fruit. Um, most what? of the machines auto-clean by firing caustic through them at 20,000 litres an hour. And this takes longer if there's two fillers, which increases downtime. Like taxis and planes, if the machines are not moving, they're not making money. Uh, and two fillers mean more parts that need servicing, so higher ru- higher running costs. <laughs> so this is incredible yogurt machine info that I'd never... We always say our listeners know everything, and this just proves it. Um, but, yeah, he says pot fillers are some of the most complicated automated packaging machinery produced in the world, with each each machine taking six months to a year to build, and each cup being filled to a 0.5% weight accuracy, and with hygiene standards always improving. Of course, um, because because yogurt doesn't really keep, so it has to make sure it purges itself. And yeah, well, that's it. Imagine sort of yeah, milky stuff being in the pipelines and going off. It's not. That's no good, is it? Someone's going to can't get sick. happen. Can't um, happen. He says though that this is also the yogurt machine world is also a world of childish giggles and innuendos. Uh, for example, our engineers re- engineers regularly leave sight with with product on their trousers, <laughs> which incites raised eyebrows when they stop at Baldock Services on the way home. Oh um, yeah. Also, uh, most of the machines have something called a dosing cock. <laughs> Seriously, dosing cock. <laughs> <laughs> there's also um more innocently um there are things called hedgehog nozzles and a burper which we use for burping hot air out of soup burping hot air out of soup i guess it just so it does a little i guess just does a little blast of air to yeah so uh and we've converted machines to fill vodka shots and produced a machine for promotional event that can make cocktails um although because of a programming issue it can only do triple measures um so yeah can i just we, can I we have one of those at the smith and sniff uh, live p- potential tour uh, <laughs> podcast <laughs> a, yog- a yogurt machine yeah can we got... put one in the back of a volkswagen yeah. grand california oh, i'll man. promise to not bring any spare clothes yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it that's it We've, the evening's entertainment is sorted anyway I've just I've been sitting on that one for ages and I keep meaning to bring it up just because I found it quite interesting I mean I probably have 50,000 squirts per hour that, those are busy busy machines which is where the I guess the two million quid goes. I love inventions like that it's remarkable so much precision it? yeah just, I know, you I, open, you peel the top off a of yoghurt you don't think twice about how it got in there and how no. many of them were done in five minutes no this is the world that I, I like I like it well, I suppose, yeah, there's, there's a, a counter-argument about, you know, we've become too mechanised and it's putting people out of work. But quite honestly, you know, we also demand convenience, don't we? And if you went into a supermarket and there are only two yoghurt pots left because they're handmade and you can only turn out a few an hour, everybody would be a bit cross. So uh, the, the fact that humankind can create machinery like this to satiate our demand for yoghurt is pretty impressive. I demand the yoghurt. I demand the yoghurt now! Talking of which, brings me seamlessly on to a chap called Adam Russell, Mm. a.k.a. Cornish Ads from... (laughs) 
from Instagram, who's just sent me a picture saying of a of a stationary engine at the West of England Steam Fair at Stithian's Showground in Cornwall. Yeah, it's I, I believe it's his stationary engine, and it does look very neat. I'm just going to zoom in. I think it's a Wolseley oh. uh, stationary engine, and there's a picture of a. Um, one of our merch uh, cups, one of our re- reusable coffee cups, stood next oh, to it. Okay, that's and nice. So he's 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 um, representing. I think we would say we mm. say rep- representing. Yeah. At the steam rally, that. I can't see any um, African fertility sculptures attached to it on a on a, an aggressive cam, but I'm sure that they were added at some point later after sun sunset. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to drag you to a. The local steam rally that is near where I grew up, um, but I kind of we missed we missed the boat on that. We'll have to wait. But I will drag you to a steam rally. Maybe we should do an event from a steam rally. I think that could be good. I don't know. Are we are we persona non grata with the um, with the, the uh, steam rally community because we suggested that they're all deviants? But I, I don't know. I think it's 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 said with with love. I think it's said with love and respect, really. Um, yeah, it is. I don't, it? it's I don't well think. Meant. I don't think. Yeah, We're just I don't teasing. Think they're all We're just teasing. You dirty bastards. Um, <laughs> I. It's, uh, speaking of, and now I can't find Ooh. this to thank the person who sent it to us. But speaking of merch, did you see on the socials the other day there was someone who had spotted a woman wearing an Otsot hoodie in Perth, in Australia. Oh. And I can't find it now to say thank you to the person who... Um, oh, hang on. Wait, maybe, maybe. This might be it. Yes, here we go. Okay. Uh, chat oh, that was Colin quick. Percy. Hello, Colin. Hi, um, Colin. He uh, he said, things you don't expect to see while shopping at the supermarket in Perth, Western Australia. A woman wearing an Otsot sweatshirt. Uh, this made my day. And he's attached a picture, but this, this, not, this was not... Um, not creepy because um he i asked i said do you know this person he said no it's a random woman walking past i looked up and saw her and without thinking i yelled otsot at her and she turned around in amazement that someone else knew what that was and we spoke for a minute about the podcast she was kind enough oh. to let me take a photo so um yeah but uh, does he well, know her name I, he doesn't say her name so well, hello colin but also hello to the random woman wearing an otsot t-shirt in a supermarket in perth West mysterious otsot hoodie lady please get in, in touch and just tell us tell us your name and and we'll say hello to you as well but but thank you to colin for um engaging a sort of almost pavlovian response to otsot <laughs> Um, all right, well, look, we should probably um, bring this one down to the ground again. I was going to talk uh, to you a bit more about motorhome life, um, but anyway. Save it. Yeah. Save, save it, it. For, for when you've remembered your clothes. Um, yeah, that's true. That's a valid point. Put it on the list for next week, either of those <laughs> things. Or for the live show, uh, which, as we said before, is sold out, so we will stop mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> but we will so do it. We will be doing others. I, we're I, doing I others. I, we are. We're, we're going to big ourselves up. We're going to do this. We're, mm. we're going to do more than than one. And they're, yeah. they're intimate. We, we could call it an intimate gig. Sub three hundred seats usually. Yeah, yeah. We're um, not quite sort of going. Oh, I wonder if Old Trafford's free this week. No, um, uh, we're not Chris Evans. We're not. Uh, <laughs> this is not going to be car fest, but with just two idiots uh, hunched over a microphone. With the stationary engine popping and banging in the background, although that would be quite cool. Um, <laughs> it'll do this the whole show. Yeah, it will absolutely. It will. It's pistoning away. 
All um, right, well, before we go, I've got three things to tell you. They are one, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Inflate Gates Show, in which Johnny pursues the 2002 pop idol runner-up with a petrol station tyre machine, attempting <laughs> to pump him full of air. Uh, this week, he ambushes Gareth at Hilton Park Services as he returns from a gig in Preston. Uh, if that's not to your taste, then there's always The Late Break Show, which has got lots of excellent car and bike videos on it. We've got Shaky Burn on there, doing a little recap of the uh, life and times of the Honda Fireblade with... None other than... None other than... John Titi hero... John McGuinness. And and do you know what, even if you're not interested in motorcycles, I would urge you to watch this one. It's great. There's there's behind the scenes uh tour of Honda Racing's workshop, bants between the two <laughs> riders. And there's even a road rider, and given that neither of them normally ride out on the road, it's a little bit unusual. And Do also No, neither of them ride out on the road. Mm. No. And uh, a two-hour-old camera gets completely destroyed that I spent oh my, my own money on. <laughs> so that, that was always... It was a stressful I day. First, I haven't watched it yet, but I will, because I, I, though I'm not into bikes, I having, particularly having met Shaky and found him to be absolutely charming and a really good company, I, I, would, I would watch him doing out. Uh, so there's that. Go and see that. Uh, second thing I've got to tell you is uh, we have merch. Uh, if you're a lady in a supermarket in Perth, Western Australia, you know that because you bought an Otsot sweatshirt, but uh, for everyone else, please Go and do that. Go to thelatebreakshow.com. Follow the links to merchandise. And there's a whole sniff, Smith and Sniff section there. And um, we will at some point get our asses in gear and come up with some new T-shirts and mugs. But there's already some we got some We've got some irons and some, some fires. I- yeah, we've got some ideas. It's just uh, we just need to agree which ones we're going to do. Uh, and the third thing uh, I've got to tell you is uh, we uh, recently lost Olivia Newton-John. Uh, what you might not know about her is that um, one of her cousins was Ben Elton. Really? Yeah, third cousins, so quite distant. But yes, Ben Elton and Olivia Newton-John related. Gosh, I would not have ever put those two together, but then I'd have no reason to. No. (laughs) Hence the the whole point of what you've just said. (laughs) Oh, bless Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, she she was good. Yeah, class act. Consistently gorgeous. And um, Sandy... Mm. Yeah, Greece, yeah. etc. Lovely, lovely, sweet right. lady. Okay, then. Well, uh, that's that for this. Um, I, if uh, well, I was going to say uh, if we're going to see people at uh, Radwood this weekend, but th- this will go out after that's happened. So if I saw you at Radwood this weekend, it was great to chat. I hope. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Are you going to come or not? You haven't decided, but I might do. I'm going to bring a slipper full of. Hopefully we'll have said hi to some uh, listeners, or I will, and maybe Johnny will. At uh, I might uh, saddle a taxi up. I might saddle a JDM taxi up. I think that's probably legible. Hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I probably is. Uh, so uh, yeah, but there'll, there'll have been that, um, and uh, we'll do this all again uh, same time next week. Until then, goodbye. Bye. This is <laughs> This is for the Stiffer podcast in which two friends talk about cars and also other things. <laughs> I'm Johnny Smith. Also a slippery.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 